A dream of a republic that never was lingers around Kriha Radikaha, Radical Hearts, a new film from documentarian Kira Highland, working with the historian Mary McAuliffe, whose research has been uncovering some of the hidden histories of the Irish 20th century. Highland looks at the lives and politics of LGBTQ plus women in the revolutionary period, such as Margaret Skinner, Eva Gore Booth and Madeleine French Mullen, women for whom the promise of an independent Ireland was the promise of a future of equality and radical openness, a hope that was all but dashed by the shape the new state took. The documentary goes out on Gigi Cahar tomorrow night, and ahead of that, Culture File spoke to director Kira Highland about making new histories. I've always been uh, mad into history. I think history really matters. I think history has made us who we are today, and I think it informs our present, and I think it kind of informs our future as well, and I think the best thing we can do is learn from history and work out how we ended up here because then at least that gives us some choice about where we go in the future. I get the impression that a lot of these women were on the anti-treaty side and, and that's one of the reasons they fared so badly in the new state. All the women in the documentary, well, with the exception of one or two of them that abstained and were pacifist for their own reasons, but the majority of the women in, women in the documentary took the anti-treaty side, as did an awful lot of radical Republican women, because they felt that it was selling out the um, ideal of equality that had been promised in 1916 in the proclamation. Because they were on the losing side, the radical wing, the left-wing socialist wing, really lost the civil war. And the more conservative um, middle-class faction of the revolution won the civil war and came into power and immediately set around set a, a, about making um relationships and deals with the church with the big landowners with the the shopkeepers with business interests and so very much the conservative um forces came into power and these radical women were incredibly sidelined they were sidelined because a they were so radical b they had supported the wrong side and c they basically never stopped fighting for that equality the new free state that came into being had no interest really in giving social equality and it certainly had no interest in giving um, equality between the sexes and so a lot of these women were incredibly disappointed in the new free state that came into being haven't gone out and fought for it in 1916. A lot of these women were very excluded from society because of their politics, because they were so radical, because of their sexuality. But they found each other and they found like a network of like-minded, really dynamic women who debated and, and argued with one another, but supported each other. And I actually think the story is in that network. Yeah, it's in that entire group of women. I think it's no accident that we don't know more about these stories or that they haven't been more sort of uh, well-known up until this point. I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think um, for a long time we were very averse to the idea that our heroes of the Irish Revolution were LGBTQ+, or queer in any way, shape or form. And I think as well, like a lot of the women, um, the women that folk that feature in my documentary, um, you know, women's lives for historians have generally been sidelined and neglected. They're seen as not as important as the big heroes or the military battles. And when it comes to women's private lives, they're seen as even less important. You know, they're the realm of the of the emotion or whatever, and that's not seen as important as the big political ideas or the political movements. 
the irony being that many of the women in this um, movie were incredibly political in their own right. But I think if you were also um, queer or LGBTQ+, your lives were even more hidden because people hid the evidence of their sexuality and they hid the evidence of, the re- of their relationships because it was too dangerous to, to do otherwise. So there's a bit of a job of excavating. I was quite adamant in this documentary that the, the personal was also political. I didn't want it to be just about their public like uh, life and their politics because that meant that we were ignoring this incredibly crucial part of their identities you know like who who they were we, we couldn't ignore their personal lives because that was very that just didn't feel like it was giving the whole picture but at the same time I didn't want it to be all about their personal lives because these women were also incredibly intelligent intellectual thinkers with very well formulated political ideas and views and so and also very activist and so all of that needs to be included too so I was really adamant from the start I wanted to be about these women in the round. For me, for the, the visual style of this film, like we only ever had glimpses of these women from history. You know, it was glimpses in a letter or glimpses in a diary or glimpses in something somebody else had reported. And so the visual style, even though they're dramatic reconstructions, they're glimpses. We never really see things clearly. You know, a lot of stuff is out of focus or very soft or um, very flowy or very lyrical. And that was very deliberate to just kind of get visual glimpses of these people to match the kind of historical record that we have. I was thinking, even though the focus is very soft, you have to, they're all costumed and the sets are all there, you know. It's like, hmm, you could tighten the focus because we can look at those clothes. <laughs> um, my uh, my uh, cinematographer would be so happy with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had the costumes, a lot of the costumes specifically made, which was an absolute gorgeous process as well, a really talented costume designer, and it was just yummy to sink into that for a couple of weeks and just talk about fabrics and colours, and <laughs> it was kind of magic, yeah. One of women in particular Margaret Skinner is a really good example of how clothing is used to signify identity even um, um, even a hundred years ago um, among these women. There's a wonderful photograph of Margaret in 1915 when she's in Dublin. She dressed as a member of the Fianna so she's passing as a boy, as a Fianna boy. She's the flat cap on and, and the coat and, and the uh, trousers of the Fianna with two young women on either arm. That photograph is in her memoir, Doing My Bit for Ireland, but the photograph is just of Margaret. The two women are airbrushed out. So is this an early example of uh, de-queering or airbrushing out an inconvenient photograph that might be suggestive of something else? Margaret Skinner was quite um, good at passing as a boy. She would wear male clothing and she took an enormous amount of pride in that, actually. Um, It was sort of build or passed off as, you know, um, part of her spying or eluding the British. But I think there was maybe more in it as well. I think these women liked playing around with gender identity. And I think they understood even back then that clothing was a major signifier of that. And I think it's really interesting that they were exploring that and that they were um, experimenting with it and playing with it. And I think it shows, yeah, I, I love that about her, I have to say. The other thing that feels really contemporary about this group of people, and that resonates with, I think, our modern activist generation, our younger modern activist generation that really want equality and want to make the world a better place for everybody that lives in it. These women were part of that movement a hundred years ago. They are the forerunners of that modern activism now. Do you ever um, do speculative history in your head? Say uh, the other side had come out on top in the Civil War or the the, the treaty had 
enshrined more egalitarian principles. Speculative fiction is my favourite genre. <laughs> I read it all the time. Um, I love Robert Harris. You know, he did that one where um, Britain lost the World War Two and became part of its fatherland. It became part of it became part of the German Empire. I absolutely love speculative fiction. Um, I don't know what the outcome would have been. I don't know would we have been better off. Very often, left wing victors don't build the utopia that they set out to to build. And and I kind of think. Maybe there's always a swing to the centre at some point. So I honestly don't know, but I do love speculative fiction, yeah. <laughs> Kira Hyland there on her film Kriha Radikaha, Radical Hearts, which is on TG Kaha tomorrow Wednesday evening at 9.30pm and on the TG Kaha player after that.